Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. What's going on? <laughs> I'm Kayla. And I'm Kristen. And welcome to Black True Crime. If this is your first time here at the show, welcome and hello. Hi, guys. <laughs> Today's case is actually not a listener-requested case. I wanted to do something a little bit different because in the media and all of this just horrible murder stuff already that we were dealing with i just wanted to go a different route this time so i found this case i thought it was super interesting and i wanted to share it with you guys oh i'm excited Mm -hmm. okay so are you ready let's get into it awesome we rarely cover cases that have little to no background information about a killer's upbringing which is something we rely on heavily to make our own assumptions about how the monster we see was formed And today is the exception. By the end of this case, you'll be left asking why. Just why. Join us as we attempt to explain the unexplainable actions of Latasha Cunningham. So, Latasha Cunningham, a.k.a. Nett, that's what she went by, was born on November 9th, 1973, around East St. Louis, Illinois. Kristen, what happened in Black history at any time because I don't know what you chose to do today. Right. So literally I chose to not do anything related to the year 1973. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to highlight this one really cool person that I've been getting to know recently. And her name is Victoria Toya Montu. And Victoria Montu was actually a Haitian soldier. She was a midwife, which means she delivered babies, and she was a spiritual leader. It is believed that she taught Haiti's revolutionary leader, Jean-Jacques Dessalines, which I probably am saying that completely wrong, Mm -hmm. but y'all know how we do. (laughs) She actually taught him. It was said that she taught him how to fight in hand-to-hand combat, period. Wow. She also taught him how to throw a knife and also shoot a gun. She went even further to actually command soldiers in battle during the famous uprising against the French, which led to Haiti becoming the first free black nation in the Western world. Did you know that? Because I didn't. No, I didn't know that. Okay, Haiti. Wow. So, yes. Upon her death, she was actually given a state funeral um, Mm -hmm. with a procession of about eight different sergeants. So she was well respected and well protected. But unfortunately, she passed away. Do you know how she passed away? Was it natural? Okay. Well, maybe you should look into that and give us something extra on TikTok. Well, I was going to say, if you did want to know more about her, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a TikTok about her. Oh, very shit. soon and i know i've been saying that a lot but i actually have been working on the tiktoks and i'm <laughs> going to roll them out very soon well thank you sister that was very informative of course right on i haven't said it for a while thank you for that trip down history lane mm-hmm. 
Okay, so Latasha, she was born November 9th, 1973. I couldn't find a damn thing about her childhood or her upbringing, like I said in the intro. And the only thing I was really able to find is that she had some children of her own. How many? I don't know. And I think it's actually the least amount of background information that we've ever had on the show about one person. From my recollection. (laughs) It's pretty hard to beat nothing. So... (laughs) You don't know anything about I her. have no idea about this bitch. Let me put her on the screen really quick. If you're on Patreon, you're about to see this hoe. Hey, Natasha. Natasha. Wait, her name's Latasha, sister. Latasha. Yeah. Hey, Latasha. Hey, Latasha, girls. So don't worry. I know we kind of favor that part of the, the episode. I know I do. But the case is still going to give. So it'll be fine. So fast forward to 1993. Latasha is sentenced to nine years in prison for robbing and shooting an elderly woman. Dang. So she was 20 at this time? Yes. Wow, Latasha, you're hardcore. Right? I was like, where did this come from? Literally, who have you been your whole life? Right. And why'd you have to shoot her? She was old. Well, she was apparently trying, she was 61 years old, and she was apparently robbing her and then just shot her in the chest after the woman had already given her the $205 she had. Ruthless. No shame in her game. And thankfully, the victim survived, so it wasn't murder, and said that she was giving Latasha a ride when Latasha demanded her purse and then just shot her. Latasha tried to say they've had the wrong person, you know, in their sights. It wasn't her, but the victim picked her out of a lineup twice. It's like, bitch, I know who shot me. (laughs) In my face, to my face, in my chest. Like, I know. I remember. I literally was going to give you a ride. Please. Fast forward to 2011. Latasha is still living in East St. Louis, and I'm not even sure if she's, like, actually working. Kristen, we don't know anything about her. We don't know nothing about Ibia looking ass. Ibia is someone that used to do Kristen's hair when she was like eight years old. So mm. shout out to Ibia. From what I could tell, Latasha was just robbing people, I guess. And she was just getting better at it because she didn't go necessarily back to prison between that time that I could find. So in 2011, like I said, it's May 18th. And 85-year-old Yoko Cullen, put her on the screen. She's so precious. Oh, hi, Yoko. Kristen's so precious she went to collinsville a city outside of belleville illinois to play a little bingo at a place called fireman's hall we all know how old people are about their bingo right <laughs> if you don't have a casino close by bingo is your casino period and i love spent- <laughs> bingo me too and she spent a lot of time there good for her and she would go by herself at 85 like period like i still have a life But unfortunately, she would never make it home. And when Yoko didn't return home, her children became extremely worried. And on Friday, May 20th, they filed a missing persons report with the Belleville Police Department. Mm. Later that same day, like literally a few hours later, Yoko's 2008 Mazda 3 would be found abandoned near the intersection of 11th Street and Falling Springs Road in East St. Louis. And her car looked like it had been set on fire. Actually, it didn't look like it. it was fully, like, burnt up. Oh, my gosh. And she wasn't in there? Kristen, we're going to get to it. 
And initially when they saw the car, they were just like, okay, you know, maybe it's just burnt up. No big deal. That's what they usually do when they steal a car. And it was found in an area. I don't know if I said this already. It was found in an area that is very common for people that steal cars to go dump them at. So they didn't really think too much into it. And they towed the car to Andy's auto body in Madison County. But when the trunk was later open, there laid 85-year-old Yoko Collins' body, lifeless. No. Yes, sister. And she was like burnt the fuck up. Oh, my gosh. Yoko, rest Mm -hmm. in peace. Yoko. I want to say Yoko Ono for some reason. Mm. I don't know why. It fits. It does. But she's so cute. And she literally just looks like someone that would hug you on the street. And she put that woman in the truck. You're wrong for that, Latasha. You wrong. According to the coroner, almost her entire body was consumed, but parts of her trachea were still intact and they found that it was coated with soot, meaning that Yoko was still alive when she was in the trunk and they lit it on fire. You're disgusting, Latasha. I can't How even look you? at her. I refuse like to People look at her. who prey on the elderly and prey on kids and pets, I ain't got no sympathy for y'all. The worst type of evil. You go for the most vulnerable the most vulnerable. I won't say innocent for the elderly because we all right. know the elderly be cutting up. Kristen, they're just but, as bad as we are. Yeah, today. but vulnerable? Absolutely. Absolutely. Super, super sad. So the only way they could find out anything that really happened to her because of the state of her body is a confession. Something that you may not know about Yoko is that she lived less than a mile away from where Latasha lived. And they'd also been aware of each other in passing because both women were regulars at the bingo hall. Mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Girl, what if Yoko was racist? Well, I don't think, okay, I don't think, that didn't come up, bitch. That didn't come up, okay. It's very plausible. You could you know. Listen, anybody can be racist. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, get that all the way together. But I didn't see that as being a part of the motive in my research. And even if she was, like, I wasn't saying that, like, oh, that's a reason for Latasha coming after to her. To just, exactly. It's still not a reason. But. Maybe they had, like, some bad interactions or something. But from from the research, there was none. Mm. And Yoko, literally, she spent a lot of time at the bingo place. So maybe Latasha thought she was making a lot of money. She was rich. I don't know. Maybe she stereotyped her because she's Asian, you know. But she specifically targeted Yoko because she felt like she had a lot of money. Mm. And it was only $390 that she got away with. Wow. Killing a whole woman, scorching a car for $393. Exactly. Pathetic. And we already know she's willing to do terrible things for little amounts of money because she's already did it and done time for it. So imagine if that woman like actually died back then in 1993. You know what I'm saying? Latasha hopefully would have went to jail forever. Forever. I think she still should have for attempted murder. Hello? Mm. And Latasha didn't do all of this alone. Ooh, Mm because you did say they earlier and I thought it was a slip up. Mm -mm. it's not a slip up she did it with 30 year old demarcus barnes marcus marcus and 20 year old or 21 year old i'm sorry daquan barnes let's do this one Mm -hmm. so they all did that to that little lady i can't yeah this is bad it's a different hoodlums 
I didn't say this case was going to be any less terrible, but it's just a different type of terrible. Right. You know, there aren't kids involved, thank God. And shout out to the kids that just lost their lives at that school in Texas. What the fuck is happening? Shout out to the people that lost their lives at the Tom's grocery store. Like, and where is that? New York? Yes, Buffalo, New York. Ugh. It's been back to back to back mess. I don't know what the heck is going on. I feel like there's like a forum out there where a bunch of these bored ass fucking hateful people hateful halfway children are talking to each other in groups and planning these things because this guy like did what happened in you know to the children at the elementary school was an 18 year old as well yep young just like i just don't fucking get it i don't fucking get it we pray for your families and we're fucking heartbroken and need a mental health break period (sighs) good lord okay now back to this terrible shit So the three of them were actually involved and Daquan didn't really know Latasha. That was actually his first time ever meeting him, meeting her the day that they killed Yoko. But Latasha was familiar with Demarcus because Demarcus was dating her niece at the time. Mm. Mm -hmm. And Demarcus and Daquan were cousins. Okay. So now that you guys know who was involved, Kristen, can you guess who sang like a canary first? I'm going to say one of the boys. Good job. Who do you think it was? The youngest, Daquan. Great, great assumption because it was Daquan. And he goes by rug, by the way. Look at him looking like a scrub in the rug. He's definitely giving knockoff 21 Savage. Kayla, that's a fact. He really is. Kayla, he's giving (laughs) cracked out Jimmy. And that's facts, no printer. Shout out to Jimmy, Chrissy. He literally just followed the page today. <laughs> just so fucking funny. Shout out to Jimmy. I don't really like your energy, but it is what it is. <laughs> you rubbed it the wrong way Maybe once, just and she'll never forgive you. I'll never yes. forget it. <laughs> okay. So, apparently, according to Daquan, now Daquan offers a statement several times in the future so we're just going to go off of what he's gradually telling the police so the rough draft version of what happened is latasha daquan and demarcus waited for yoko to leave the bingo hall approached her violently forcing her into the trunk of her own car and then drove to a remote area in east st louis and that's the place that we talked about that her you know the car was found and this is all to an 85-year-old woman. She's not going to hurt you. She's not going to do anything if you're trying to take her money. And then they also beat her with a tire iron. Kayla, what? Kristen, please. Like, literally. Stuffed no need. her in a trunk, this old lady, and beat mm-hmm. her with the tire iron. No need. Just overkill. She just would have handed it to you. If you came right. up to her and said, boo. Give me your money. She would have dropped her purse and probably ran away screaming. Like there's literally nothing that she could have done to really fuck with your whatever plans y'all had that night. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Right. But yet you chose to hit her and put her in a small trunk. Like it's just overkill. It's disgusting. And I'm honestly, Latasha, I'm disappointed in you. Super disappointed. But also looking at her, I'm not, not to say you know, I'm judging her based off of how she looks, but she definitely seems like a gutta gutta ass bitch. Like a bitch that's, you know, I got to get it how I live and it's me over everybody else. Mm-hmm. And if you ask me, she looks like she missing a few screws. And some teeth. Mm-hmm. Fact. So after they beat Yoko until they at least 
I guess, thought she was dead or semi-dead. They split the money. So they got $130 each, which is just disgusting. Which is what I get from <laughs> Uber in a day. <laughs> you could have just Ubered and got that money. And you're risking your whole life. And this is 2011, so I, I'm, I'm not sure if Uber was around, but, but you can go out there and make some money without taking somebody's life, period. So they left from the scene to buy gasoline, came back, and then lit the car on fire. And like we already know, Yoko was still alive. So rest in peace to that little old beautiful lady that didn't deserve to have her life taken by these fucking hoodlums. Yes, I said it, because what the fuck? Because that's what hoodlums are. Mm-hmm. Not reg- in regards to Black skin people, color, but you know? in regards to actions. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So more about Yoko. She grew up in Nagoya, sorry if I said that wrong, Japan, and was a major provider in her family since they lost her father at 12 years old. So at 12 years old, my good sis was getting after it, okay? She was a hustler. She was a boss. Like, she was a real hustler. She didn't have to steal nothing from nobody, take nothing from nobody, being grown as hell. Right. Well, we don't know what she did to hustle, you know? True. She sure could have But at the end of the day, she... (laughs) At the end of the day, she made it, okay? Because during World War II, she met an American soldier and would later move to the United States to marry him and start a family. They would end up having five children together and they had like a bunch of grandchildren. What a love story. So sweet. One of Yoko's granddaughters said, quote, Yoko was not only the core of our family, but to her friends as well. She was a beautiful person inside and out. Our lives have been shattered and our family will be forever broken. We will carry the emptiness in our hearts for the rest of our lives. Ouch. Oh, that hurt. Kristen Gutriching. Mother matriarch fallen. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Yoko. Rest in peace. So Latasha, scheming ass, murdering ass, became a, sus- a suspect almost immediately. And I think it was because she stole Yoko's credit card and actually went to an ATM trying to use it. And since it's 2011, they have cameras and they caught her ass. That's what you get looking like a NyQuil pill. <laughs> Chris in my stomach, please. Not today. <laughs> Get on my nerves, this long hair. Kristen is definitely giving, like, Kristen, I'm literally looking at her. I see Jelly Bean. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen, the shape of the head is what's got me. I can't even get past it. It's, I mean, Kayla, if you put my head next to her, it's <laughs> long. Super I long. mean, barely fits in the frame. Log. But oddly, perfectly symmetrical. And I think that's what's irritating me. And I'm like... They say perfectly symmetrical people are beautiful. <laughs> but I digress. Anyway, we're in, we're ashamed of you, Latasha. You should have done better. Ashamed. Ashamed. Either way, they were on her scent quick. And they brought her in for questioning Saturday, May 21st, the day after Yoko's body was found. They brought her in at like 3 a.m. and they found Yoko's body at like 10 a.m. So technically, you know, it's the next day, but whatever. Right. So when she was brought quickly. Right. So when she was brought in, she was read her Miranda rights by a detective named Marcos Polito. And she signed the waiver that says she understood the rights and she agreed to talk with him further. And this would be the first official interview, and it was recorded via audio and video. 
Latasha initially denied any involvement in Yoko's murder and denied ever using her car. And it's like, ma'am, we have you on camera. So they ended the interview, and then 13 hours later, she was back in the interrogation room, being read her Miranda rights again and signing that waiver again. Mm. So this time it's like 6.40 p.m., and they recorded this one as well, and she continued to deny being involved. And then the officers told her, um, DeMarcus and Daquan already confessed, so the jig is up. And after that, she started spilling the beans, but it was a version of the truth. It was giving she had potential to be a good liar, but she just, you know, she she fell short. Like, she didn't know when to hold out. I mean, she was holding out until the police said, look, the jig is up, you know? But she, I think with what she had to work with, I think she did a good job trying to spin it. That's something I will say. Mm. So she admitted knowing DeMarcus, but she didn't know Daquan. And on the night of Yoko's murder, she picked up DeMarcus and Daquan and took them to the Walmart in Collinsville so they could pick up some money from somebody. But that person ended up not showing up, so they just left. And on their way back, they both passed the fireman's bingo hall. And on the side of the road, they saw a car with the emergency flashers on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Latasha claims she pulled over to be a good Samaritan and just help out this person in need, right? demarcus and daquan i mean people do it but don't like brag about it and say i'm just a good samaritan like you know demarcus and daquan got out of the car and approached a driver who latasha identified as yoko colin they showed her a picture she said yep that's who was in the car she then said she heard daquan say i like this bitch Right, but it it wasn't like referring to Yoko. When I first read that, I was like, I don't like that at all. Who the fuck? Like, don't Mm -hmm. objectify an 85-year-old woman like that. Mm -hmm. But he was talking about her car. And then she said DeMarco then asked her for her tire irons, and she popped the trunk so they could get them, even though she didn't see a flat tire. So she was just like, I... She's claiming, I don't know what they needed it for, but whatever. I don't know about cars. Hmm. Latasha said after that, DeMarcus told her to go ahead and leave while they stayed behind with Yoko. Okay. Now, here's where we're like, BS. <laughs> here's where it's starting to smell a little shitty. Right. So, uh, Cl- Latasha claimed she left, followed instructions. But as she was driving on I-55 toward East St. Louis, she saw Yoko's car drive past her. And then she called DeMarcus and was like, you know. What the fuck is going on? Is that y'all in the car? DeMarco was like, yeah, we in the car. You know, Daquan driving right now. So she ended up following them to where they were going. And then that's where they ended up at the abandoned area. So at this point, if what Latasha is saying is true, she could have been like, what the fuck is going on? Why are you guys taking her to a, you know, abandoned place? Because she didn't see Yoko in the car. So she's just not asking the right motherfucking questions. Okay. And if it started out as a robbery, like we know that it was, if it turned into something that was murderous on behalf of the men, Latasha clearly had an opportunity to call for help. She had her cell phone. She was calling DeMarcus and she had her own car. She could have went and got help. Right. She just didn't want to because she was a part of it. Because she was a huge part of it. But this spin so far is like, wow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Girl has a little smarts in her. Yeah, that's what I was saying. She's definitely thought about this. Mm-hmm. Latasha admitted to seeing DeMarcus holding the tire iron, but didn't see him hit Yoko. 
So, you know, very plausible deniability, giving what I can without giving too much. Mm-hmm. She said that she was scared after she saw him with tire iron in his hand. She ran back to the car. Did she really, Kayla? No, Kristen, she didn't do that, but we'll get to it. <laughs> like, I'll tell you now. No. After some time, the men came back, got into her vehicle, and told her to drive them to BP, where Daquan went and bought a gas container and some gas. And then he filled it up. They went back to the car, destroyed it. She had no qualms with this. She was just like, okay. And then she also admitted to driving the men to the bank, like the ATM, where they tried to get money out from the card. But Latasha, you were on the cameras, not them. <laughs> you. You were on. They were on the cameras, too. Don't get it twisted. But she was on it, too, because DeMarcus, dumbass, put the <laughs> put the card in backwards so it wasn't working. And she had to literally be like, give me this shit and then put it in herself. Mm-mm-mm. So it's just damning evidence all the way around. Right. They also had gas station videotape footage of Daquan really going into the gas station to buy the containers. That's why I said she kind of is good with her lying. She sprinkles in the truth with things that they see on, you know, camera, making it honestly easier for her defense team later. That's what I was thinking. I was like, wow, her defense team doesn't even have to do much work. She's already like thinking of ways out of the situation. Mm hmm. So yeah, they caught Daquan on video going into the gas station, buying the gas container or whatever, and then it got them on camera while Daquan's filling up, Kristen. DeMarcus and Latasha are both standing like next to him outside of the car as he's filling up, and they're talking. So it's like you're well aware of what's going on. Everybody's involved, almost equally culpable, case closed. Period. Another partial truth that Latasha said was that they attempted to get the money out of, you know, the ATM from Yoko's card, but she didn't tell them that they did it multiple tri- multiple times that like they it? tried. Uh-huh. And they even called Chase, Kristen, oh. called Chase card services to try to get them to help <laughs> with the pin I'm number issue. This is so corny. Terrible. There is not strength in numbers. There is stupidity in numbers. Especially okay? when all three of them are stupid. Stupid. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> like, how does she weave such a, a convincing tale, but couldn't even figure out, oh, once we get the girl's ATM car, like, we're going to need her PIN code? So she actually did know that she was going to need the PIN code. They apparently were trying to get it out of Yoko, and that's why they started to beat her. More of that is going to come out through Demarcus's, not Demarcus, Daquan's testimony, but yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were aware. Okay, and Yoko didn't give it up, huh? I'm not, she probably didn't, but she also apparently was claiming that she didn't know it and she needed to call her daughter to even, you know, get the information, which in my opinion, maybe she was just saying that as a way to try to get a hold of a phone, you know, so she can get some type of help. Yeah. Because it's on her own debit card. You know, I'm sure she knows the code. You know she do. It's 2011. She knows the code. She knows it, yeah. So authorities were able to find the tire irons that were still in Latasha's car with blood still on them. And they found a fingerprint on one of them that matched Daquan's. Mm. So, Daquan, you're you're already, sorry, your ship has sailed. You're out of (laughs) here. And you already snitched on yourself, signed, sealed, and delivered. Goodbye. You're locked up. Next. Let's get to DeMarcus. DeMarcus's girlfriend, a woman named Brittany Stevenson, the one I told you is 
Latasha's niece. She also goes to play bingo with Latasha a lot. And she remembers seeing Latasha with a credit card with Yoko's name on it on May 19th. Mm -hmm. And she also remembers hearing hearing DeMarcus and Latasha talk about ATMs and pin numbers not working. Wow. Which is not a coincidence. Just can't be. By Monday, May 23rd, all three suspects were in custody and charged with first degree murder, along with like robbery charges, kidnapping, stuff like that. This shit got really serious. Good. Mm hmm. At the arraignment, Latasha decided to show her motherfucking ass. And literally, as her charges are being read aloud, she starts fake throwing up, Kristen. And then she fainted, quote unquote. I don't know if she really fainted, but she was put on such a show. She had to be wheeled out in a wheelchair. Mm, mm, mm. Reminds me of my Our grandmother's grandmother. sister. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> Our grandmother and her sister, both of them. Yes. Wow. Just disrespect. You couldn't even keep it together for the sake of Yoko's family. Thank you. Yoko's family deserved to hear you sentenced without you acting a fool. Like, come on, Kristen. That wasn't going to happen. People don't kill and then think about the people that they Absolutely hurt when not. they killed. It just Absolutely doesn't fucking not. happen. But to go back and speak about Shirley, Kristen's referring to our grandmother. And if you're on Instagram, you already saw we posted about her a little bit. She's hoodlum. And she has a sister named Shirley. When their father died at the funeral, Shirley literally threw herself onto him into his casket and was screaming, Daddy, no! And it was just a fucking mess. And our grandmother was like, Shirley, get your fucking ass out of that damn casket. Stop acting a motherfucking fool. And it was just a mess. Shirley had to be taken out, distraught. Mm -hmm. But I do want to say rest in peace, Shirley, because she has passed. Kristen, Shirley's not here. She recently passed, like a month ago or two months ago. Kristen, oh my god! Yeah, from natural causes. No, she was sick. Oh, that's natural. She <laughs> caused it. Kayla. Well, okay, that and doesn't sound sure very it was nice. COVID. Kristen, shut up. Our aunt died from COVID. Mm-hmm. She did. Oh my god, that's so sad. Fuck, I feel so bad rest now. In peace, rest aunt in peace, Shirley. Shirley. I'm sorry, with, Shirley. With your extra ass. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Oh, fuck. Okay, well, that was my shitty moment for the day. So she was wheeled out, and 37-year-old Latasha, along with her co-defendants, were held on $3 million bond. Wow. AKA, might as well have had no bond. Dang, a million each? Like, all over some Yoko? Yes, all over some Yoko. Absolutely. Yoko, in honor of you, we're going to say a bunch of words that rhyme with your name. Yoko, oh no. Oh, no, Yoko. Yoko Poco, Pollo Loco. El Pollo Loco. Mojo Jojo. Jojo. <laughs> Love you, oh, no. Yoko. Thank Love you, you for Yoko. giving us a laugh. Yeah, sorry, babe. Fuck. Well, Tasha, I'm on your ass, bitch. We got beef. It's war. So at this point, Demarcus was actually found unfit to stand trial, you guys. Demarcus. Oh, why? I have no idea. I was like, he must have really been told the fuck up. Like, they rarely find people unfit to stand trial. Right. What did he do? Was he insane? What happened? I mean, if we're looking at this picture, it's definitely giving, um, I eat paint chips when I was a baby. Um, it's giving a little slow, but like, like they could have taken advantage of him, but we don't know nothing about him. So I can't even say that. It's giving cart pushing job at Walmart. Publix. 
And you're giving him that. <laughs> I love Mesa Publix. Because they take care of the disabled. They do. They really do. Shout out to Publix. Shout out to Publix. So we're going to revisit DeMarcus in a little bit. 21-year-old Daquan, a.k.a. Rogue, Rogue and a Boog, decided to take the plea deal the prosecution was offering. So instead of facing the, fir- the first-degree murder, robbery, and kidnapping charges, he would only face the first-degree murder charge. And he would have to, in turn, testify against his co-conspirators. He also agreed to not appeal his conviction despite the incredible grounds he had for one. So listen to this, you guys. Apparently, the lead detective on the case, a man named Orlando Ward, resigned after he was charged in the same month with possession and conspiracy to distribute cocaine. Mm. Orlando, you black brother. You black what are you bro- doing? You and handsome black man. I was about to say, there you go. Say it for the both of us. <laughs> he, was, he was also selling law enforcement information to them and was sentenced to only five years in prison. Wow. So he was a snitch. I knew he was a bug in the rug. A bug in the rug. Wait, who was a snitch? Uh, Orlando? No, not Orlando. First of all, where did Orlando even come from? Orlando is the lead detective on the case. So Daquan, I was saying Daquan had a perfect opportunity to appeal his conviction because the lead investigator on the case was corrupt as hell. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Daquan missed that moment as he should have because he's not smart. And they were probably honestly like intimidating the heck out of him. And he and, just wanted to get it over with. And he was a murderer. So, like, fuck you, Daquan. Yeah. I mean, whatever. You missed the moment. Oh, well. Anyway, Daquan was sentenced to 60 years in prison without the chance of parole. He might as well took life. <laughs> And kept for, his mouth shut. For a plea deal, you get 60 years? That's crazy. I would have been mad as hell. Wow. I was you... thinking he would get like 30. Right. Like, Kayla, because that would be a viable plea deal. But Not like at 20 years. At 21, you're thinking, oh, either life or 60 years. At least I have a chance with 60 years. Even though you'll be the same age as Yoko was when you took her life. And everybody will know that you're a snitch while you're in there for 60 years. Good oh. luck. Yeah. He wasn't snitching on anyone of like caliber or prestige, but snitching nonetheless. Latasha decided to have a bench trial, which means instead of a jury of her peers deciding her fate, it will be one judge. The prosecution wanted the, the court to know that Latasha was in fact the ringleader, despite what she was trying to claim. I believe a- it. Of course. According to Daquan's statement, all three of them were involved with killing Yoko, period, point blank. Even though he doesn't necessarily admit that he hit her or anything like that, he's definitely saying he was there. It happened. Yes. They knew she was a frequent winner of bingo and probably had a lot of money. And that's why she was like, oh, this is the perfect person to snatch up. Right. On October 7th, 2013, Judge Robert Hayda found Latasha guilty of first degree murder. On December 10th, she was sentenced to 60 years in prison with three years of mandatory supervised release. <laughs> it, which the three-year part is so funny because, bitch, you're never getting out. Right. Like, you're old. You're 40. And she got the same sentence, basically, that Daquan got with all his snitching <laughs> and his maneuvering and signing statements and shit. 
And I would have just looked and just been like, I should have had a V8 if I was Daquan. I would I would have been so mad because if he went the same route, he probably would have got away, honestly, with being sentenced to maybe 30 years or something like that. Because Latasha was facing all of the charges and she was sentenced to 60 years with all of the charges combined. So Daquan, are we, we, nobody really had your back. Up. You nobody had up. your back. Your your public defender just handed you off. As a sacrifice. Just sad. Almost immediately after her sentencing, Latasha filed a motion to reconsider it because she felt that no mitigating factors, such as her character and how much remorse she felt, was taken into consideration. Like, girl, please, this is not your first time. This is not your first time attacking someone brutally, violently trying to kill them over right. some money with your right. broke ass. Right. And this isn't your first elderly either. So you know what you was doing. You knew you're a target. And then you had the nerve to cut up like that when you're sentencing. No, nobody's going to be paying you the time of day. No, not over here. So now let's get back to DeMarcus. Remember when I said DeMarcus was literally found unfit to stand trial? Well, I was super confused because according to Latasha and Daquan, he was super involved, bro. Like heavily involved in the actual murder part. So I was like, he needs to be punished. Let's see how that can happen. Well, I looked up the rules for Illinois or the laws, and this is what it says. Quote, when a criminal defendant is found mentally unfit to stand trial, the court may order him placed for treatment in the custody of the department. For criminal defendants charged with a felony, like homeboy was, the department has one year to provide the defendant treatment in order for the defendant to obtain fitness to stand trial. Mm -hmm. So after one year of treatment, they revisit the possibility of that person being able to be on trial for what the fuck they did. Exactly. Mm -hmm. When it is determined that there is a substantial probability that the defendant will not obtain fitness within one year, the defendant may request a discharge hearing. At the discharge hearing, the state and the defendant may introduce evidence relevant to the question of the defendant's guilt of the crime charged. If the evidence does not prove the defendant guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, the court shall enter a judgment of acquittal. However, if the discharge hearing does not result in an acquittal of the charge, the court may remand the defendant to the department for further treatment, end quote. Wow. So essentially, after one year of treatment, they have this hearing. If the hearing finds out and says, hey, there is culpability of him being involved in this crime and guilty of what he's being charged of, but he's still not mentally fit to stand trial, we can just hold him indefinitely. Wow. That's dangerous. That's more dangerous than going to prison. Give me my sentence. <laughs> I was about to say, give me my day in, in court. You but know. if you if you're not mentally fit, but you're also not proven to be, but shown to be that you were involved with a murder, they have to find some way to protect the public, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, when it came time for that discharge hearing, it came time for Daquan to testify again. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> for Bug to start snitching again. He tests a rug. What's his name? Rug. Rug. But they rug and a bug. They they brought the bug back out to snitch again. Sure did. He testified that Latasha pulled up on them that night and told Demarcus that she wanted to go rob the bingo hall, but didn't have a gun to do it with. So instead, they were just going to pick someone walking out to rob. When they got in the car, Demarcus was sitting in the front, ready to go. So Demarcus, the one on the screen right now, is the one that was sitting in the front. And yeah, he knows Latasha. So that's maybe why he sat up there. But 
very into the mood. He's aware. She told him what to expect before even getting in the car. He's with it. Right. So Daquan said when they pulled up to the bingo hall, they parked and Yoko walked out. Latasha recognized her as someone that would be a good target. So off the rip, she was like, yeah, that's the person. But they let her get into her car and drive off her. So this is like a new aspect that I hadn't seen in any of the other parts of the research and Latasha's trial, nothing. And Yoko pulled over because something was wrong with her brakes. Okay. Mm. So they followed her. They were following her, driving behind her, waiting for her to stop. And they got out of the car, said, hey, do you need help? They were pretending to help her. And while this was happening, Latasha stole Yoko's car keys and her wallet. And it wasn't until Yoko started looking for them that Latasha decided that, oh, she saw my license plate. So therefore she has to die. That is so corny. Just full of shit. Like you were just probably embarrassed that you got caught in the middle of trying to rob this woman. And there's like three people with one little old lady. I would have been on motherfucking guard too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I, I don't. Been I don't on guard. Blame I wouldn't have let them help me at all. I would have been like, my brakes are fine. Skirt, skirt. <laughs> I'm like, oh my, you know, my husband's on his way out here. Or my, you know, my son, something. Because she did have a son. She did have a son. That's when Demarcus and Daquan pushed her into the trunk, her being, meaning Yoko, and both rode in her Mazda to the second location. Latasha followed them and even got a flat tire on the way. So both cars pulled over and the whole time poor Yoko is just terrified in the trunk. Wow. They then tried to get the pin number from her, but she claimed she didn't know it, like I said earlier, and they started beating her when she tried to get out of the trunk. That's when Latasha first hit her multiple times in the head. And then DeMarcus hit her as well. Wow. When DeMarcus was arrested by police, Latasha called Daquan and asked him if his cousin could, quote, hold his water. <laughs> no. No, and you should be worried about Daquan, not DeMarcus. <laughs> I was about to say, DeMarcus seems to be holding on to it just fine. He's not holding on to his sanity or his marbles in any other fucking way. But it doesn't seem like he's snitching. Right. About what Daquan's happened. Daquan's the you one know. snitching. Daquan's the one that you need to be worried about. And Daquan said, look, my cousin's going to do what he's going to do, period. So at the conclusion of the discharge hearing, the court concluded that it could not find, quote, that the defendant is actually innocent. The court added, a different way of saying it is, I find that the state has met its burden beyond a reasonable doubt that the defendant is not not guilty. <laughs> And therefore, and thereby remand him to the custody of the Department of Human Services for further treatment and evaluation. Wow. So he so now he's being held indeterminately or he was at that time. A hundred percent. And them saying not not guilty is <laughs> their way of saying, bitch, he's guilty. Mm -hmm. The defendant now appeals the circuit court judgment. And that decision hasn't changed. And as of right now, DeMarcus is still in a mental hospital. And from what I read, he could be there for at least the next 80 years. Wow. Which is just crazy because he'll definitely be dead by then. But yeah. And that's our case for this week, you guys. Wow, Kayla. That you know, it was it was a different vibe. It was definitely a different vibe from what we usually do, you know. But yes. I, d I did want to I did want to cover it. And I, I'm glad that you did during a time like this because mm -hmm. I know that our show can be very, like, depressing. Not really depressing, but just, like, sad. And mm -hmm. you really get to feel what these victims are going through. And although we feel for Yoko, I couldn't take much more than one, you know. Victim. Or, yeah. I, yeah, it's absolutely. It's just too much right now. It definitely, definitely was. And I'm glad that you 
understood that sentiment. I hope you guys out there understand it. We'll get back to our regular horrible carnage very soon, probably next week. I just needed something that wasn't as like soul crushing and depression creating because this shit was like, what are we doing here in the world? What's the point of it all? Yeah. But Yoko, we do not devalue you or minimize you in any way. Rest in peace. And we pray that your family finds some type of peace. Yes. Yes. So sad that you had to go through this. Let us know what you guys thought about this case. If you enjoyed this case or just enjoy the show in general, please rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really, really helps us get the word out. And what else do I say, Kristen? And as always... Be safe, protect your peace, and protect your space so we don't have to cover your case, period. Oh, and don't forget, we're going to a podcast festival. It's called True Crime Podcast Festival in August, at the end of August. I think the dates are the 26th to the 28th. That's actually during Kristen's birthday, which is super, super dope. Hers is the 27th. And we'll be out there in Dallas having a fucking blast. And we want to see y'all. So if you can make it, definitely, definitely try. Show up. Bye, you guys. Bye. You have a right to kill me. You have a right to do that. But you have no right to judge me.